Hello, and welcome to our series, Career Resilience, where we talk with people about their career path and their career journey, and maybe we can all learn from each other. My name is Jan Daniluk, and I'm a human resources professional in London, Ontario, Canada. I work with Ford Keist LLP, and I work with my clients to help them with the HR side of their business. We hope that you will enjoy these discussions with real people about real challenges and real working life situations. Welcome. My guest today is Justine Zavitz. I'm so delighted to have Justine here to chat with me. Welcome, Justine. Thanks, Jan. I'm excited to be here with you. We have all sorts of stuff to talk about. I've got my list here. Uh, we're going to talk about family business. We're going to talk about being female in a male-dominated uh, profession. Also a little bit about sales, which is interesting. And also talk a little bit about your own career resilience, and we'll get to that as, as we go along. So let's just leap right in. Why don't you start by describing your current role for us? Um, well, I am an advisor and the vice president at Zavitz Insurance and Wealth. So it's a bit of a blended role where work directly with clients on their financial matters, planning, wealth management, um, and insurance planning as well as many businesses on their employee benefits. And then on the other side of things, I am one of the vice presidents of the company, and so we're constantly working on our strategic plan moving forward, our vision for the company, um, staffing, and, and everything else that a business owner gets to, uh, gets, gets to work on. How many staff do you have altogether? We have uh, 15 and a half, if you include Terry and I. Okay, got it. Um, now, I just wanted to quickly go into your education for a, a few minutes. So um, you have a lot of initials on your signature line. So I thought what we could just do is I'll just say what they are and you just tell me what they stand for. Okay. So you have your honors BCom. That's that? right. That's my Bachelor of Commerce degree. Yeah, from McMaster University. From McMaster. Good for you. Okay. CFP, what does that stand for? That is a certified financial planner. So that is a designation um, that you achieve once you've gone through. There's a, a core curriculum. It's pretty intense. And uh, it covers topics ranging from insurance planning, investment planning, retirement planning, estate planning, um, and, and so on, it, government benefits, and so on. Next is CLU. So that's a chartered life underwriter. And that is a course that dives into estate planning. And, and where insurance fits into estate planning. I'm really okay. good at putting those estate plans together. Okay, um, CHS. That's a certified health insurance specialist. That is my living benefits specialty that everyone knows us for. Um, things like yeah. disability insurance, critical illness, long-term care insurance. GBA. That is a group benefits associate. <laughs> So that's me diving into the world of group benefits and understanding um, how to put plans together uh, based on the various philosophies of the employer and why they want to have a benefits package available for their employees. Got it. Good for you. So when you sit at the table with a client, you know what you're talking about in all sorts of different ways. I like to think I do. So... I'm just going to go sideways for a second because that's what I like to do. So... Is a large component of your job sales? Um, it's funny that you say sales. We're, we're really cognizant of that word in our office because 
our culture and our values here are such that we, we don't want to sell people. We want to implement solutions that are right for that specific client. Yes. And so we often refer to ourselves more as educators than salespeople and, and planners for the same reason, because we can develop these plans um, and, and understand a client's financial circumstances and educate them on how some of our products um, might help to enhance or help them achieve or protect them in the meantime to achieving their financial goals and objectives. Yeah, I think that it's a double-edged sword though, isn't it? Because when you care about what you do and you care about the service you offer, uh, and I'm not talking about duct cleaning and my apologies to any duct cleaners out there, but, but when you're offering a service and you want to talk to the client about that because you know you can help, I think that's very exciting. And we just sort of keep at it. But as far as the rejection is concerned, I think that um, we, it's easy to say, let's not take it personally, but not, not so easy to do. But sales are a tough aspect, especially when you've got so many aspects to your job. It's easy to put that one at the bottom of the shelf. I wanted to talk about family business mm -hmm. and what it's like to go into a family business. Now, your mom, Terry, started the business, grew the business. She is a force unto herself and certainly a force in the community. Like, uh, it's just such an honor to know her, as I've mentioned to you before. But tell me for you what that was like. Oh, that's, it's such a loaded question. I have to say, it actually wasn't until after I was done university that um, I was working at a bar and my manager, you know, after we're closing up and we're having our beer while we're mopping the floors or whatever. And he's like, I do not understand why you're not working with your mom. And I, you know, I said, well, I, my mom and I, we are so alike in very many ways and yet so different in very many ways that when I was 18, it was clear to both of us, it was probably time for me to move out of the house. <laughs> and so... Again, we have a wonderfully awesome relationship there, so that's all good. But, um, like, you know, we butt heads when we wanted to, especially when I was growing up and a teenager. And um, and so that was my response. Like, I don't think I could ever work with my mom. Like, I think we would just fight all the time. Mm -hmm. And that coupled with, you know, when I was 13, she'd have me filing paperwork here all summer long, and right. I hated it, so yes. I never wanted to be in this office again. Um, and, uh, and he said, no, like, you're so right for this type of career path. Like you'd be, you know, talk about regrets later on in life. You'd have this huge regret later on in life that you could have been this thing or this person or had this amazing opportunity and you passed it up. So why wouldn't you at least try it? You know, at the time I was about 23 years old. He said, why wouldn't you at least try? And if you don't like it, you're 23, whatever, you'll move on and you'll find something else. But if you love it, then what an amazing opportunity. So that manager got me working here and I think it shocked my mom as well and of course in true Terry nature she said you have to go back to school to finish on get your financial planning services diploma and write your CFP exam so that's where that's where the CFP came from but um, coming in and working with her was a the the opposite of what I expected it to be I expected it to be us butting heads again and instead what I saw was or, or what I developed was a whole new appreciation for my mom because now I'm trying to do what she's doing and I see how hard it is and yeah. and I'm floored by this this business that she's built and 
um, you know, and then watching her manage the staff, watching her mentor me, and watching her build and grow this company, I just, you know, it was, it was quite something to watch. Um, I also started to recognize some of these underlying core values that my mom has, and it started to help me identify and understand, you know, maybe some of the feedback I'd receive as a teenager that I thought, mom, like how, come on. But, you know, she, she does want to just take care of her clients. She does want to make sure that the right things are being done at all times. Um, and she, yeah, she really cares about being fair and equitable. And, and so I considered myself lucky there too, because she recognized like, I'm not going to retire. I have no plans on retiring, but this is my succession plan. And so I'm going to build and nurture this succession plan because one day it's going to need to happen. And so we're 15 years later now, and we're still working through our succession plan, but it's always on different things. Sure. And the whole way through, it's just been very open, lots of communication. And with these core values of being fair and equitable and doing the right things for each other. Yeah. and the business at its whole. So. And I do think that when you have core values in a business, that that's one of the big reasons why the business grows and succeeds. You're in it for the right reasons, and, and you guys are in it for the right reasons, which is to help clients and so on, and, uh, and I think that's fantastic. Um, I wanted to, think, to ask you, what do you think is people's perception of people that go into the family business? I believe that people's perception is that you're getting something handed to you. It's the easy path. And, and you know, is it deserved or is it just, you know, nepotism? <laughs> and so, and, and I think that both answers can be true. It just depends on the person going into the family business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But how do you feel about that perception? In the early days, it was very, very difficult because it wasn't just coming from outside of this company, but it was also coming from inside this company. It was coming from the staff, right? And, and rightfully so. Again, it's not I'm not saying anything. I, I probably would feel the same way if I was in, in the same position. Um, and so it took time for me to prove that I'm not just here as that 13-year-old girl that some of them would have known me as. They would have been working there when I was working there as a 13-year-old. So, I mean, that take, that's something to get past. Yeah. And so I'm not that girl anymore. Like I am taking this serious and I'm going to put the work in and I'm going to put the hours in. Yeah. And over the years, they started to understand that. Um, and, and again, now they view Terry and I as, you know, partners in this company. And, yeah. and that's been a huge flip. And, and there have been a lot of new employees added to the mix and they've never known anything different. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, from those outside of the company, it, can sometimes um, come across as like, you're so lucky to have your mom. You're so lucky that your mom did all this for you. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree <laughs> at the same time that I get, it's true, I am so lucky to have this. It's, it's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. But I always have that little bit of like, yeah, but I don't think you understand the contribution that, that, that I'm making here. Like I'm not just, I'm not just riding easy along over here. It, you know, it is work and she's not just handing it to me. Like I am buying it and it's been a lot of strategy and planning in the meantime. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. Does it, does it get to me? Yes. But after the fact, I sit there and I think to myself, it doesn't matter what they think. 
yeah. because I know. Yeah. And you know, it's going to be demonstrated one day, and it's going to be very apparent. Yeah. Uh, I used to already. Know, already being demonstrated though, Justine, by, by what you contribute and what you bring to the table. You and I have been in several meetings together and um, you know, I'm just always proud to be sitting next to you when we are having business discussions because you're such a pro. I think, I believe and I know that when somebody goes into a family business, you have to cut it. And in many ways you have to cut it more than other people because you are a family and because of those perceptions and even some of our own self-talk right so you have to you yourself have to be strong and give yourself some solid self-talk about how well you do so 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 true i used to say at the at the beginning of my career i really took to networking like this was my way of getting out there, community-minded, right? My mom and I share very many values that way. Mm -hmm. So that was my way of getting out, becoming well-known in the business community here, and, and finding my place where I wanted to start giving back. And um, every time I was out at the beginning, everyone would say, oh, like, what's your name? I'd say, I'm Justine Zabbitz. And they would say, oh, well, you must be Terry's daughter. So I said, one day, I, I like, my goal was that Terry went out and someone said to her, what's your name? And she said, Terry Zabbitt. And they said, oh, you must be Justine's mom. And I, I think it took me about five years. And finally, she came, she came from, from a night out and she said, well, I met some person that knows you. And da, 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 da. I was like, yes, I did it. So it is, um, it's something that you, it, you know, one of those funny goals that you work towards on, yeah. on yeah. Know, I want to be, you know, out there as well and not always constantly tied and connected to, mm -hmm. to the path that my mom has led. Yeah. You know, I think too, we learn a lot from failures um, in our lives because this, this journey, this trip isn't easy and, and working can be extremely tough. That's one of the reasons we're doing this series is to help each other by hearing from each other. Um, have you had times where you felt that that was just such a failure and how did you cope with that? I think one of the biggest things, uh, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is to try to separate emotion from business. And it's so hard in business decisions. Yeah. Because you can sit there and hold on to something for too long because your heart is in it and, and emotionally you're connected to it. But from the business perspective, it's just money down the drain and it's not working. Um, or vice versa. That's not my expertise or I'm not that's not my comfort zone. And so I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And then you make the wrong decision. That way. So you have to separate those that emotion from the business decision. And I think, you know, you can work on that for the rest of your life. You went into the business when you were really young and that had to be quite challenging for you. We wanted to switch over because as we know, this conversation has the two kind of concepts, the, the part about your career and so on, and the other part about career resilience. And when you and I talked about career resilience, we wanted to talk about being a female in a male dominated industry. So you suggested that topic. I love that topic. Can you run with it for a moment? Sure. So when I entered this industry, I was a 23-year-old female. And the average age at that time, I'm sure it's higher now, was 56. The population of any conference or, or industry event that I was at was probably 90% men. 
Mm. So it was me in a room with older gentlemen <laughs> all the time. It's the nicest way I can say it. <laughs> it yeah, it was it was tough. Um, there were a lot of gender inappropriate comments made and a lot of age inappropriate comments made. And um, yeah, and so it, it was very tough. There was a lot of, you know, I talk about having to prove myself in the office as a person that's not right. just getting, you know, fed from, from mom over here. Yeah. Um, well, it was even harder in that industry because they look at you and think like, uh, okay, young female, yeah, you ain't gonna make it, hun. You know, you're not gonna make it in this business. Best of luck to you. If you make it, it's only because you're riding your mom's coattails, you know? <laughs> it's very, it was very, uh, very apparent. And that was another audience that I had to keep showing up time and time again to prove right. myself. Right. Um, you know, um, you're an unusually beautiful woman. There's no getting around that, Justine, and something to be proud of. And I'm sure your mom and dad had a lot to do with that. <laughs> you are. Do you think that impacted things for you? I mean, I, I, I suppose so. Um, it's rare that I say to myself, you're an unusually beautiful woman. But I, I can say that, so thank you for that, by the way. But I, I can say that there is a lot of compliments or comments um, that that were made that would suggest that it was my looks that would make people buy, buy insurance from me, which I always thought was the funniest one of all. Um, and or uh, yeah, I mean, like sexual comments that you know, are obviously never appreciated when they're not from a person that you're looking for them from. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, yeah, and so it, it would make industry events um so you, you know you think you go to a conference and you have your table you're sitting at and you're having fun and you're having drinks and so on well as a young female you'd immediately have that moment of it's probably time for me to go now before too many drinks start going down or someone views the conversation that you're having like you know i'm a very chatty very uh, like i laugh and i'm you know I, very lively in my conversation but people can misconstrue that as to what's actually happening when you're talking to men and and having drinks and so on so you immediately have that question of should I be in this room anymore should I go mm -hmm. and then on the other hand uh, everyone's starting to have too many drinks are things gonna get to a point where I'm not comfortable anymore and I want to get out of the room mm -hmm. so those kinds of decisions that I would have to make that people of the other gender would not be probably having that same conversation in their minds. Yes. Uh, yeah, you, you start to, well, I like resent it a little bit. Like, why do I have to feel this way? Why can't I stay mm -hmm. and have these drinks? But you, you, or, or have this conversation or, or be a part of this group and it just, it, it can go yeah. sideways fast, so you, you question it. So how did you handle it when, or do you handle it when you start getting those kinds of unwelcome comments and what well, well, I have to say at, at first um at first I'd kind of giggle and be like oh yeah and then try to find make eye contact with someone else and walk to the other part of the room um but over time I you know I got a little bit more like I I don't appreciate it so I I remember when I was pregnant with my second child and one of the gentlemen <laughs> at this conference I was at said, 
Oh my gosh, you're expecting? I thought I told you the next time you were going to have a baby that that you would come talk to me first, insinuating. Yes. You know, and I just looked at him and I was like, that's gross. Like, you know, no thanks. And I just walked, <laughs> just walked away. So I thought, I want you to know, I, I'm not going to just laugh it off anymore and be like, I'm out. I, I don't appreciate it. So you know, my husband of many years and I with our family made this decision and you were definitely no part of it. Yeah. So. I just think it's a, it's an awkward situation to be in when you're in a professional setting and um, um, sometimes the way things get misconstrued when you're young and beautiful and in that professional setting why is that fair to to you it's it's as a matter of fact it's so unfair right yes when you're trying to be a professional exactly yeah it, it got to the point and and i know my mom would probably have her own stories we we've both been through it um and it got to the point where i got so frustrated just with the the way that you know the decisions that you would have to make that no man would ever have to make that when i had my second child there's a conference that i go to every year in ottawa and it is the top notch like that is where you're going to get the best most technical information in our industry and it's got the best of the best advisors across the country and we all go to this every year and so i just had my second child and she was about six weeks old five or six weeks old and I thought I don't want to miss this so I'm gonna go and I'm gonna bring my newborn baby with me and I'm just gonna do whatever I have to do and I remember sitting in this room with like 400 people now mind you luckily we've come a long way there's a lot more females and a lot more young females in that room um, but still a lot of older gentlemen and I would sit amongst them with my newborn. If I, if she was hungry, I'd put my little cape on and I'd just start breastfeeding her during whatever talk. And I'd be trying to take my notes through it. And I thought, you know, I don't know if I would have done this in the early stages of my career because I would have been so terrified of what the reaction of the population would be. And um, yeah, and I, you know, at the end of the day, what came out of it was majority support and and overwhelming respect for, for what was happening yeah. uh, and what I was doing there so it was lovely uh, certainly things are shifting a lot but but there's there's still still those people out there in this in this industry for sure always and always anywhere yeah, any, yeah, any industry yeah right. And um, it's a question of education and dealing with it and uh, managing to withdraw yourself from, from an awkward situation or handling an awkward situation. But when you were describing about being at the conference with your six-week-old baby, I think that's fantastic because, boy, that, that means that there has been a lot of progress. <laughs> Because yeah. it does set an example for others to be, well, brave like that, because that takes some courage, actually. So as you look back at what you've done so far in your career and with so much you know, potential in the future, and it's so exciting, um, what are you most proud of in terms of what you've accomplished or how you've grown, uh, something that you would sort of share with our viewers and our listeners? You know, I think that where I've grown the most 
um, certainly I can say I've grown in my in my career my education and so on in that regard but I think the biggest growth for me has been in my leadership um, qualities and and that was something that as a as a person who has to manage an office and set the direction for an office and tell yourself you know if you say that this is the path forward you're the first person that has to be charging that path forward if anyone's going to do it um you know that accountability and that um like dependency on you um has really developed and, and grown my leadership skills um and, and on top of that having more forward speaking less passive aggressive conversations like direct conversations with people to help them understand whether that's staff whether it's clients or whether it's people making comments at you that you don't want to hear doing it in a way that they understand that you're not going to accept any more of it that they see where the fault was or they see where the error was and helping them grow beyond that i think that uh, i think that can that's probably the biggest area of growth for me in that time yeah with lots more to come. Tell me about it. <laughs> Justine, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I can't believe the gamut of things that we covered and uh, all so interesting and uh, just very proud to, to know you. So thank you very much. Well, thanks again for inviting me on this podcast show that you have. This is so exciting. Yeah. And I am so thankful that I know you because I need to tap on your shoulder quite a lot. So thank you. Um, and yeah, thanks again for having me. A kind thing to, to say, thanks. Um, to our viewers and listeners, thank you so much for joining Justine and myself today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and the wide ranging topics that, that we covered. And uh, until we meet again, thanks very much. <laughs>